Holy moly may be taking a break from play, but it's one of the most active times of year in the Northern Hemisphere for competitive mini golf. It's tourney time, baby, on the podcast. My name is Tom, and you may also know me as Mr. T, half of a couple of putts. I am currently the MC Mini Masters, best dressed, and one of only two in the Puttcraft League in Minnesota to finish six times in the top five at our bi-weekly matches and first place in hole-in-ones. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and the Pink Putter at acoupleofputts.com and on social media at couplepots. P.S. I'm now on Walkabout Mini Golf. Use my obvious handle, Mr. T, to find me. And I'm Pat, but you know me better as the Putting Penguin, who's currently in defense of not a single mini golf title. Along with my friend Mandy, we've been bringing you mini golf content over on all of our Putting Penguin channels for the past 20 years. And I actually find it kind of funny that we're going to be talking about, you know, playing in a tournament where it's nice and usually sunny outside while we're online our like fourth tropical storm here in Connecticut that's raging outside. So if you hear pouring rain on my microphone, that's the case. But anyways, now that podcast is old enough to rent a car, at least in episode numbers, we're going to spend this episode, as Tom said, talking about some couple recent tournaments that we played in and look forward to some upcoming ones. As Tom mentioned, Holy Moly's on break until September 9th and we'll return with a pre-final look once that one airs. So to kick things off, both Tom and I are going to take a look first at tournaments we've recently played in and then we'll come back to talk a little bit about what's on the calendar. And I guess that starts off with me. And I had been looking forward to this tournament actually for a couple of years. It's the MC Mini Masters. This is an annual tournament that's been put on for now 24 years by Mick Cullen, a mini golf record holder and season one Holy Moly episode winner. It's a six round tournament that takes place throughout a day across sometimes part of Wisconsin and the northern Chicagoland area and takes place across four locations depending on how many courses are at each location. For this year, I was fortunate to be able to go because I had to cancel an international trip and I was very, very fortunate to have Aaron from O Street Mini Golf meet up with me. This year's tournament was starting up at Christoph's Entertainment Center that's almost on the Wisconsin border and is the course that Steve Christoph who also won an episode of Holy Moly in season one, grew up on. So it's got bowling and everything and a single castle golf design course there. It moves to Harry Semro driving range where they have a single course. And then the last two courses they go to, Congo River Golf and Exploration and Parking Skill Golf, both have two courses at each. Again, it adds up to six courses. And all of the courses were a ton of fun. There was about 28 people. It's down a little bit from their average of 40 people. And it was a hot, 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 sweaty day. Uh, I think we started about 8.30 a.m. And I think we were in the upper 80s then. And we were in the mid to upper 90s. And if you don't know the Midwestern humidity, Aaron from O Street got to know it really well. He was very surprised that in the upper Midwest could get that hot. I mentioned that I got best dressed. And part of it was because I changed shirts after every round. It's just soaked through to the bone. And uh, it was a really cool tournament. Jason, this year's winner, had been playing this tournament for about 17 years and is only about the sixth winner of this tournament overall. 
Mick, I think one of his family members, either Michael or his brother, and a couple other people are the only people that have really won this tournament consistently. The age range is all over the place, and it's multi-generational where there's been kids who were in there who were in grade school when they first started playing, and now they're teenagers in some cases in their 20s. And it's a really good group of people that live in the Chicagoland area playing throughout the day. And Aaron and I battled that for Rookie of the Year, and I lost by one stroke. But it was a blast. As I mentioned earlier, they have other different prizes throughout the day. They had first place for getting the best score at a specific course in a specific round. They had a Spirit Award, and they had all sorts of other awards, including the most sixes, which was the limit on any hole. They had everybody sign a pirate ship-themed birdhouse that went to that person that got the most sixes. And then the way they framed it was is they got the most for their money. They got the most putts in in the tournament because they got the most sixes. So I really love the framing. I really love that there were prizes and special recognition for everybody who showed up. And honestly, it's going to be a tournament that I play over and over. And I know I glossed over the courses, but if you've never been to parking, skill golf outside of Chicago, that's the reason to go to the tournament alone. Those two rounds there are the most magical, especially after a long day and playing that course at night. So that's the McMini Masters not-so-short recap. And the reason it's not so short is because I had a blast and I'm glad that Aaron joined. Thanks, Aaron. Sounds good. I, it was on my list to try last year, but wah-wah. And uh, obviously didn't Ditto. work out this year because I was playing a tournament in the same weekend. But uh, it's definitely probably the most unique format for mm-hmm. a tournament and the longest lasting of that format that I've heard. Because I've certainly heard of people doing kind of similar things locally, but, you know, a couple of years, usually it's kind of a family group as well. But, I mean, it sounds like a blast. I mean, obviously having known, you know, Mick and Diane and and some of those folks from Holy Moly, I'm not surprised that was a good time. So, And probably the longest distance between courses. There was about 45 minutes worth of driving between all four locations, so... You probably put in two, two and a half hours in the car between playing mini golf, which was actually okay because you just blast the AC and dry (laughs) off a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a terrible thing on a day like that. All right. So happening the same weekend, although it was supposed to happen the weekend before, no thanks to hurricane slash tropical storm Henri that came through, was the 40th running of the Farmington Miniature Golf Tournament. So um, this one, this year was my eighth time playing it. um, And I went into this tournament actually as the back-to-back champion and only the second back-to-back champion in the 40 years. Um, because it's a course that there is, I want to say, an extensive amount of luck on. It's an old school, 60-year-old course, pitted concrete sides, moving obstacles, and it's really hard to be consistently good on it. And if you watched all of us play this tournament this weekend, um, it's one that we don't really practice a lot for because we've all played this course a lot. So we kind of just go in there and it's really bragging rights. I couldn't even tell you half the time how much money you can win because we're just there to see who could you know, win it amongst our groups. And the amount of times people came off of it and said, man, I putted like crap. And we all went, yeah, well, so did we. And uh, at the end of the day, it was super, super close. The top seven places were only separated by four strokes, uh, which is kind of amazing considering the number of like fours and stuff that some of the top players hit. It was was wild. Like, I I don't know that I've ever seen it play out exactly the way it's played out um, 
up until last year, this tournament had been three rounds over two days and they kind of always do it in the morning. And the two day stuff was difficult, but they've had, you know, 40, 50 people there in the past. It's kind of dwindled last year with COVID. They did one day, two rounds. Um, this year they did one day, two and a half rounds. And that extra half round actually helped me because I played the front nine better than anybody did (laughs) consistently. So it, I probably should have been a lot lower. I ended up fifth place and I was two strokes off of the champion, Justin Seymour, who's on a hot streak. That's his second win. And he's got a second place. And I think in the three tournaments he's played so far. So be interesting to see playing him in a couple coming up. Um, we also had some extra holy moly connection as a season three winner, episode winner, David Biggie came up and played. He did a little Connecticut tour of mini golf for his birthday weekend. So it was fun having him there and kind of being thrown into the fire. This tournament is a little bit different in that we use course balls and we play traditional mini golf rules. So everybody puts first and then you put um, your way after versus kind of the the way most of the tournaments we'll talk about coming up kind of play. You, you finish your hole through, et cetera, et cetera. But hmm. great time, 40th. It's one of the longest running tournaments I know of. It's um, certainly the longest running tournament, I believe, in New England. So kudos to them and really just happy that they continue to put it on year after year and that I get a chance to play in it. So before we get into what's coming up, just a couple other tournaments that were happening because we are really in the height of tournament season here. Um, There was a Massachusetts Open that happened a couple weekends ago. That was the same weekend of the O Street tournament that Tom and I played in. The big US PMGA event was actually last weekend as well as the Tennessee Open. They had a stroke play event on Saturday and a match play event on Sunday. Um, I should know the match play winner because I wrote the article for it, but I know the stroke play winner was Joe. Graybale, who's a U.S. Open and Masters winner, um, also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet on tour. Um, so really excited that he added that to his uh, trophy room as well. That was held in Mossy Creek at Mossy Creek Mini Golf, which is in Jefferson City, Tennessee, which is the home of the 2022 U.S. Open next May. So a little bit of preview of things to come there. And then worldwide, last weekend was the Finnish Adventure Golf Masters. And I believe this weekend is the Swedish Adventure Golf Masters. Um, and then for our listeners who are may not be super familiar, we'll go into a lot of these details competitively for mini golf and probably another episode. But um, Adventure mm-hmm. Golf is the specific type that in the U.S. we're most familiar with and kind of the AstroTurf, rocks, water type of courses. So where you hear that, especially talked about internationally, that's what we're talking about um, there. And the hope is, you know, between those masters, we'll talk a little bit about the British one coming up, our US one that there potentially could be an adventure golf masters tour worldwide in the future. So some things to come and to think about, but that kind of brings us up to where we are to date with tournaments and then looking forward. So I'll kick this off a little bit here. Again, I referenced, we'll have a longer episode that really goes into the ins and outs of what competitive mini golf is around the world. From a high level perspective, most of what we're going to talk about in this next segment is what I would call kind of the more local or regional tournaments, the stuff that you're as a normal everyday mini golf enthusiast, you're probably going to run into more often. You'll see the signs at local courses. You'll see them advertised at Facebook. They'll generally be shorter in duration, you know, a few rounds here and there. And it's the type of, you know, starter tournament, some way, shape or form kind of probably got involved in first before getting to some of the bigger ones. There are a couple major ones on here that we'll talk about as well. Um, but 
these ones that we list here, you know, if you're in the area, keep an eye out for them or, you know, let us know about other ones that we potentially didn't talk about here that are in the same vein. So the first one coming up is this weekend. It's September 4th. It's the Maryland State Championship. So it's the first iteration of that uh, being put on by the folks at the Baltimore Mini Golf Tour. So one of the East Coast groups that does a lot of leagues throughout the year and some smaller tournaments, they've landed this one. It's going to be at the Island Green Family Fun Center. Uh, four rounds on Saturday. I know some of the O Street. Pretty sure Mandy is going to be there too, representing the Putting Penguin. So we'll get some feedback on how that goes. Coming up next after that, in its traditional after Labor Day spot, is the Lee Stoddard Dolphin Open. And can never get this quite correct and COVID through a loop in this. This is either the 30th anniversary of the course that we're celebrating or the tournament. And there's like a one year difference between the two. It was supposed to be last year. Either way, this is a very long running tournament got renamed for Lee Stoddard, who is the owner of the Dolphin Mini Golf and unfortunately passed away in in 2018. It's two days and we are back to the old school format of 10 rounds. So eight rounds on the Saturday, two rounds on Sunday, September 12th. It's at Booth Bay in Booth Bay, Maine at the Dolphin Mini Golf. And this used to be a pretty big USPMG event. It's kind of fallen off as kind of a more regional event now. But one of the reasons I love it is that, you know, if you've never been to Maine, in September. The fact that we're playing rounds in the morning, rounds in the afternoon, and then rounds in the evening, you literally will be able to get all flavors of a New England autumn day. And it's, it's great. It makes the tournament just really exciting because <laughs> you've got to adapt to just so many different flavors of being like 60 degrees, 85 degrees, raining, 40 degrees. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And it, it's an absolutely beautiful location as well. So I'm glad that that tournament's still kicking around, and I'll actually be up there playing that weekend along with um, a lot of the the regional New England folks' names. You know, we've talked about Justin Seymour, Highlighter Novicki, Mandy will be up there. Um, so looking for a good tournament coming up there. The tournament that I have first on my list is Saturday, September 18th at Jen's Links in Barnegat Light. And that is on Long Beach Island in the Jersey Shore. It's being hosted by the aforementioned Biggie, who was a Holy Moly episode winner. And it is a benefit for the Alliance for the Living Ocean. It's $10 a player, and it's going to be on the high tide course starting at 10 a.m. I believe that's a single round for everybody that they're going to be playing on. And Biggie also has a tournament we'll mention later on down the year, I believe around Thanksgiving. This is like kind of a common thing. And I was going to mention earlier that Long Beach Island, that they have quite a few mini golf courses across it on the Jersey Shore. And they have weekly tournaments, Mr. T's, Flamingo Island, Heartland, Sand Trap. They all have day of the week where they have a morning tournament and people show up. And one of those I played with Biggie and he beat me in that round, but I did beat him at Flamingo the day before and got my under 30 rounds. So maybe you can go out and beat Biggie on September 18th at Jen's Links. I did beat Biggie in the Farmington tournament, although he took me in our uh, follow-up round at Safari Mini Golf, which apparently that's where New Jersey can come up and actually beat me because Aaron (laughs) beat me at that one earlier in the year as well, Uh, which leads us back to Connecticut and a uh, tournament that's near and dear to my heart because it's the one I run over at Matterhorn Mini Golf. Uh, It's on September 18th, so it's the same day as Biggie's tournament. So obviously I will not be playing in Biggie's and Biggie will not be playing in ours this year. Um, We have cut it down to three rounds across the board, trying to get a little bit more participation. Used to be five rounds for the pros, but we have a pro and amateur division, uh, $40 entry on the, the top side, $25 on the bottom side. 
You win money if you're in the pro division, you get prizes if you're in the amateur division. And we're also going to do this year to encourage people to play in the pro division. Um, anybody who plays in the pro is going to be eligible for a potential skins round where the putting penguins putting up 10 bucks a hole for some lucky foursome that gets drawn out of the pro players. So even if you come in 20th in the pro division, you may have a shot at getting some money after. So we're, we're hoping that'll be kind of fun and stealing some of the ideas there. Uh, Gary Schiff, when he used to run some of his tournaments, did some stuff like that as well. So I'm uh, trying try to, again, open it up to, to more people, get more people interested. Um, knock on wood, we've had four really great years of weather, um, which is always a crapshoot in September in New England. And so hoping this year keeps that up and, and looking forward to continuing this tournament in years to come. And the tournament that a couple of putts hosts is now on to its second annual, and it's going to be the miniest mini golf open, and it will be at Lily Putt. And we have a little bit more of a unique uh, setup in that we have qualifying rounds that can be played between September 21st and the 25th. So if you play a single round and you pay for entrance into the open, if you're one of the top 20 people that is under par, You'll be invited back to that Sunday, the 26th of September, to play in a single round for all the mini golf glory. We'll have a jacket that's too small and really yellow. We'll have some trophies and medals, as well as cash prizes and giveaways. Anybody who plays in the tournament, they'll have a chance to win a couple of putts and lily putt stuff. And on the kickoff night, Tuesday, September 21st, which is also the International Mini Golf Day, we're going to have some special giveaways that night and a deal where... It's normally $20 to play a qualifying round, and you don't have to pay for the championship if you make it. So you just pay $20, and you potentially play two rounds. If you pay $25 on Tuesday the 21st, you can play two qualifying rounds at that price. And so it gives you two chances to really get a great score that can put you into the championship for all the money. That, again, will be happening September 21st through the 26th. All right. So now we're up to one of the actually really big U.S. tournaments for the year. And before I talk about that, I was thinking about the trophy. You had mentioned that and the trophy for the Masters is pretty nice. But one of the cool things about the Matterhorn is the goat trophy that we give to the winner of the Pro Division. <laughs> so, you know, trying to keep unique stuff going here as well. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can come be the goat up in Matterhorn. Uh, but back to the mm-hmm. Masters. So this is, you know, really what we have in terms of currently the granddaddy of tournaments um, from a miniature golf perspective. So it's run by the USPMGA. It's in Myrtle Beach. It'll be October 5th to 9th. Um, So the tournament itself is that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's some event stuff on Wednesday and, you know, practice obviously earlier in the week. Um, This is another one that's had some changing formats over the years. Um, I know the USPMGA tries to keep it, I would say, fairly difficult because they do really want to bring out the challenge side of it um, because the best players in the world are going to be there for, or at least in the United States and some extent the world will be there for the week. Um, So this year it's played on three courses. It's going to be the Hawaiian Village, the Hawaiian Rumble, and the Aloha course. That's kind of the order of decreasing difficulty, I would say, in terms of what we would expect for the scores. Um, we play six rounds on Thursday, so it's three in the morning, three in the afternoon. We play four rounds on Friday, three in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then the final two rounds are played on Saturday morning, and those are kind of bifurcated depending on where you land in the field. So the top players kind of go out late morning into early afternoon so everybody can you know, watch them 
finish up and get a nice gallery for however the winner is going to be. So they they run. I can't remember the exact purse. It's usually between fifteen and twenty thousand um, for the purse. It's a twenty five thousand oh, online. Well, they've upped it twenty five thousand. It's good. They, it's been recently paid down to. F- 30 um i think because yeah because i've always just been kind of outside the the top groups there but you know even if you don't think you're really going to be in that competitive thing it's it's a great thing to try to play your hand at once um if for nothing else you get to see some great competitive mini golf you probably get to learn a lot of stuff you get to say you've played in the Mm -hmm. masters and i'm not a super like myrtle beach gonna hang out there during the normal part of the year and vacation because it's just not my style but off season it's pretty nice low-key still pretty Mm -hmm. warm the water's pretty nice so you can make a vacation out and a lot of people do a lot of people come down with families and significant others and you know they hit the beach and we hit the mini golf course but that's the the big one for the uspmga coming up yeah and that'll be the first one i've went to and really for the uspmga it's that the open and mossy creek uh or the tennessee open and that's kind of about it maybe red, the massachusetts red putter too oh red putter too so those are the big for the uspmga and the reason i mentioned that is because the other organization i was going to mention is the ppa the pro putters organization that specifically have their events at the putt putt fun center courses and their national championship is september 20th through the 24th in richmond virginia I forgot to write down the number of uh, rounds that they'll be playing it's going to be a lot There's a regional tournament in Newark, Ohio, that's going to be 10 rounds and in Tyler, Texas, which is going to be five rounds on September 11th and 12th. This is where the rounds get wild. In Gastonia, North Carolina, there'll be 13 rounds. And in Lake Charles, Louisiana, there'll be 16 rounds on October 16th and 17th. Those are regional tournaments obviously happening at the same time. You can go to proputters.org and you can get all the schedules over there. And the last one I wanted to mention was a course that I'd played recently just outside of Philly is the Clifton Heights Putt-Putt Tournament that's Saturday, October 23rd. I think it's going to be on course four. It starts at noon. It's eight rounds. So it's a long day. I know a bunch of the O Street guys had played in it and had talked about it. So Those are some options if you're looking for putt-putt. Again, if you're in the northern part of the United States, there's not a lot of options. Um, But if you're in those areas, take advantage of those putt-putt courses that still exist and really support them. They're really cool, and it's a unique style of the game that's unfortunately not having a lot of resurgence, but I'm hoping that that changes. Yeah, and a point on the the national championship week there, I I don't remember what the total number of rounds are for the championship but there's multiple tournaments that are played during that week so there's the mm. the doubles championship there's a players invitational so there, there's a lot that happens um would love to get to to one of those at some point and would really love to play any putt-putt tournament at some point um but as yeah, tom no said it's, it's hard to get to um logistically for for some of us and obviously they run up against a lot of our other tournaments and um i don't know exactly where lake charles is but hopefully everybody's good and okay yeah. down there after the the recent storms i know they got hit by one of the storms last year and i think recovered pretty well so i haven't seen anything but hopefully they're they're doing pretty good down there and uh now turning our attention to again a little bit of international stuff so one of the more active associations is the british mini golf association and they have um, a ton of tournaments during the year usually starts in march and runs you know well into december obviously the past couple of years have been a little bit weird with the covid stuff they're 
entering, I think they called it like their super September where they've got a lot of events. And some of them I think were actually reorganized from earlier in the year where the lockdowns were a little bit more um, stringent over there. And so coming up is really one of the biggest international events. And that that's the World Crazy Golf Championships on September 10th through the 12th. It's run and it's held on the Hastings Adventure Golf Course. The Hastings got multiple there. It's crazy golf or the crazy course. Um, the interesting thing about this tournament is the f- the final round is played using what's known as crazy golf rules, which is where everybody tees off and then the ball furthest away from the hole goes first. So you can play some blocking strategy, a little bit of bocce in there. Um, so that's one of the things that makes this unique. The kind of lead up rounds are played more traditionally and that super final round has that little bit of twist to it. And you can find some pretty good videos out there of um, some interesting shots that people have had to make around balls or through balls and things like that. So that's that's a big one there. And um, our internet podcasting buddy, uh, Mark Chapman, is the two-time defending champ there. So be interesting to see if he can pull off the three-peat there a la Jordan, and we'll be rooting for him uh, this, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend coming up after that. Following that, we've got the BMGA British Open. That's on September 25th and 26th. That's also at Hastings Adventure Golf. That's on the Pirate Course, which I believe is a little bit more of the um, adventure style. Um, I can't keep them all straight. One of these days, I'm going to go over there and play. And then on halloween actually is the british adventure golf masters so i referenced this a little bit earlier i've actually seen this tournament before i didn't get a chance to play to it because i just couldn't quite get there with some of the travel to get there in time for it to tee off um but it's being played at Mr. Mulligan's in Sidcup, and I've actually played that course, kind of a cool dinosaur theme course. It's got a couple real challenging holes out there, so always fun to see those guys take on that one. So stepping back, we've got the BMGA Bridge Championships. I skipped over that one. That's October 16th and 17th. Um, the match play championships are that Friday as well, a couple cool events, and then some smaller events as we look a little bit forward in November and December. you got the Cornwall Open and the Star City Open, but all of that information can be found at bmga.online. Line or you know again just search British Mini Golf Association and that'll come up. But they have a pretty good schedule there, and I hope to one day at least play in one of their events and would love to play the Crazy Golf Championships because I know that one gets a really good international draw. Yeah, ditto that at some point down the road. But um, I'm still kind of a novice for the tournaments, and so this is a learning curve and exciting thing for me and. One of the ways that you can get involved is just going to ongoing leagues. And I wanted just to make note of them and wanted to call out a new course that opened up the last year, the big mini putt club in the Chicago area. A course that I happened to have a chance to play when I was down in Chicago earlier in the summer. It's a nine hole course. It's super fun. It's in a bar and really well themed. They're going to have a weekly league. And another course I played a number of years ago. And again, going back to putt putt, the Burlington, North Carolina putt putt course has weekly leagues. You can check in with them on their Facebook page. They have an active group there, including a couple of USPMGA and PPA members that they're really inviting. And those courses are in fabulous shape. So those are two ongoing leagues to kind of keep on your radar if you're in Chicago, North Carolina. Yeah. And a lot of the putt-putts actually do have local ones. I know the Bristol putt-putt has one. I think High Point does. So if you're you're in the neighborhood of a putt-putt, even if it's not one of the big leagues that get publicized, there's probably mm-hmm. something happening on a weekly basis. 
there. Um, we have at Matterhorn, um, they run a summer league. So we've got a couple weeks left there. It ends the week of our tournament, but usually starts around the July 4th week. So we've had a pretty good draw this year. I've only been able to make a few weeks, but they've been drawn pretty consistently between 15 and 20 and a lot of new names, but they do uh, two rounds there for $15. And so it's, it's pretty good cost and you, know, you get a little bit of money back. They've actually paid down pretty well there. So that's a good way to get that course and get practice in for the tournament. Um, the O Street, they will have presumably a winter league coming up. They just wrapped up their summer league before the tournament. So they run leagues uh, throughout the year. And I'm going to throw one more in here that I didn't put on the list to go back and forth on. But Tabers up in Maine also runs mm. leagues throughout the year. So they just started their fall league. I know they do a spring and summer that are I don't know, six or eight weeks at a clip there as well. So um, if you're in that Auburn, Lewiston area of Maine, that's a good one to hit up on a weekly basis. And I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, but there is a new league that popped up in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota called Puttcraft that has events about every other week right now. And as far as they're concerned, it's going to be year round. I think we're going to have some indoor events at some of the courses. It'll be interesting see how they play out. It's typically a weekday night, two rounds, start at 6 p.m. You're done by nine. You can go right from work. Works out really uh, well. And then the other course that opened this year that I had been to recently, that's another nine hole course in a bar, Liberty Grounds, that's like a Philly themed course. They have just announced on Instagram and social media that they're starting up a new league. So if you're in the Philly area, hit them up, check out the course. It's super fun. You can even actually check out a video of that course in action on O Street. They just posted a new video of them competing over there. And we've talked about this a few times in the podcast, but Tom and I both play in the Putt 18 putting mat, which is a virtual league that started once uh, lockdown started last year. We're currently in our third season. These leagues have been about five or seven weeks. You kind of play every other week, do four rounds, you're recording it live. So far, it's all been on Facebook against people all around the world. Um, It's really great to not only have that competition, but there's a ton of side competitions going on the the u.s folks we've been doing some best ball stuff i know we're going to do some team stuff going up so we're always looking for other players you know it's a bit of a cost to invest in the map but if you're fanatic about your putting it's really fun and um you know just something that you you can do all year round under any circumstances because you're doing it right from your house and you know we've tried to cover a bunch here obviously i think we're probably skewed a lot on the northern kind of midwest east coast but i am sure there's stuff that's happening you know west coast down south all over the country all over other countries um again probably don't have the time here to go into even what all europe does in terms of their leagues that are ongoing but especially in the u.s if you've got something you want to shout out you know let us know if it's tournament wise if you got some indoor stuff or anybody who's got warm weather over the winter let us know as well and you know we'll give them a talk and you know who knows maybe we'll get a chance to play them now finally looking way out into the future and talking about 2022 uh, i don't think we have a lot of tournaments quite on the books yet except for our friend gary shifts announced he's going to return to the odita campground where knolls and holes mini golf is where he ran a tournament for several years which i've been involved in and he has penciled in june 5th of 2022 it's a sunday so no word on the exact format we've done all sorts of stuff stroke play match play skins play play i'm sure it'll be one or multiple of those and um it's a last i played was in great condition and an excellent tournament course it's a harris course so you know anybody's played that 
probably kind of familiar, but it's got some you know holes that are a little bit different than you would see in some of the Harris courses. And Gary knows how to run a really great tournament. So we'll keep people informed and who knows, maybe we'll see somebody there. And finally, we'll definitely talk about this on future podcasts in length. We have been working and cooking up a tournament that'll happen in April of 2022. You'll have to stay tuned. There'll be a great purse, a lot of fun, and surprise, surprise, mini golf, because that's what we care about. And so there'll be lots of things mini golf in that. And again, as Pat said, just keep sending us news about your tournaments. We want to share, get the word out, and get people putting. So to wrap up, we'll do some big thoughts mini golf. There's an adage that says you never make the same mistake twice, but on a mini golf course, especially one that you've played many, many times, it's likely that you're going to make the same mistake twice. The key thing is learning from those mistakes. In the recent Farmington tournament, I alluded to this a little bit, but I saw a lot of the top regional players make the same mistake twice, or even three times, but then recovering from those mistakes with a fantastic shot because we've all learned from what had happened to us before. And so on a hole where most people get twos, the scorecard's not going to care if you got it with a 4-inch tap-in or a 12-foot double bank, but the later one makes for a better story. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready. And make sure to hit the putt so that you don't hit the windmill. Or if you're a highlighter, make sure that you get through the windmill one of your three times. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.